are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Speaking of most delicious, we are continuing to sink our teeth into the 2021 pass catchers, specifically those at the top of the charts in consideration for the Miami Dolphins with their first pick at number six overall. It's also worth noting, Wednesday's show will be dedicated to the same exercise with one Penny Sewell offensive tackle from the University of Oregon Ducks. Last week, we did Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell. Today is the Devontae Smith show. And the good news about Devontae Smith is Dolphins fans, you know a ton about Devontae Smith uh, because he has been the most hotly associated name with the Dolphins and their search for a new wide receiver to add to the wide receiver room. You think about the Heisman Trophy winning season and the spectacular plays week in and week out. You think back to the chemistry that Devonta Smith had with Tua Tagovailoa, And there's plenty of writing on the wall here for why this pick would be one that makes sense for the Miami Dolphins. Now, here's the first thing I want to do. I've gotten a lot of great feedback on these episodes of the show, and everybody's saying, you know, I think I'm into this guy, but then I get done listening to the podcast on so-and-so, and then I want the Dolphins to draft that guy. And I kind of want that to be the whole point of each one of these individual exercises is for you to be able to come into any one of these studies on Chase, Pitts, Waddle, Smith, Sewell even, with a neutral opinion and walk away with making a judgment on whether or not you feel this is an acceptable pick for the Dolphins or it's not based on the information that is presented in this specific episode of the show. Because at the end of the day, we're exploring all these options. The Dolphins are going to choose one avenue to take. And this decision may inevitably be made for them. They may have a team trade up with the Atlanta Falcons and take a quarterback. And then it's either whatever direction Cincinnati chooses to go. You could have all four of these guys on the board. We could end up with two of these guys on the board. And then you have to make a decision if you're the Miami Dolphins. But I love the fact that people can come into a show and leave seeing the pros and the cons and feel it is an acceptable outcome for the team to come to because I can't tell you what direction they're going to go. I can't tell you what the Atlanta Falcons and the Cincinnati Bengals are going to do. We can assume some things. We can start to ascertain what direction they may go. But just bear that in mind with this is this each individual exercise, I want you to make the decision for yourself based on what I can collect and present based on what the Dolphins are doing and the pros and cons of each player. So with that in mind, Devontae Smith. You're going to know a lot of the pros 
the production for Devontae Smith is off the charts good. He had 68 receptions for 1,256 yards and 14 touchdowns in 2019, catching passes from Tua Tagovailoa slash a brief spurt with Mac Jones. And then in 2020, he caught 117 passes in the same amount of games, 13, so nearly double the amount of receptions. For 1,856 yards and 23 scores, plus a rushing touchdown along the way, en route to winning the Heisman Trophy and just absolutely blasting the Ohio State Buckeyes in the national championship game. And I think if you want to look for the pros with Devontae Smith, where you choose to find some of the biggest pros with him are the production that he was able to put together in the biggest games that the Alabama Crimson Tide has played. Because, yeah, 2019 Alabama played Duke and New Mexico State and Arkansas, like whoop de doo Western Carolina. But my guy came out and put seven for 213 and two touchdowns against the LSU Tigers, the eventual national champions in 2019. You look at the 2020 schedule, Missouri, 8 for 89, Tennessee, 7 for 73, Arkansas, 3 for 22. Uh, Then you get to Georgia, 11 for 167 and two touchdowns. LSU again, 8 for 231 and three touchdowns. Florida, SEC championship game, 15 for 184 and two touchdowns. Notre Dame, college football playoff, 7 for 130 and three touchdowns. Ohio State, first half, 12 for 215 and three touchdowns. When the stage was brightest, so was Devontae Smith. They don't call him Slim Reaper for nothing. He is an absolute savant of a route runner. Very smooth, very natural, can attack all levels of the field, although we'll get to cons and we will talk about some holes in that capacity for Devontae Smith. For his stature, the ball skills and the hands are phenomenal. Uh, The ability to extend, catch the ball away from your frame. Great illustration of this for Devontae is the Georgia game this past year. He's working his way back to the football in tight windows, and he's cutting off defensive backs from undercutting throws, and he's high-pointing in the back of the end zone. Like, it's all really, really good in that game. Obviously, the uh, Ohio State game was uh, a treat, uh, but I will say this about the Ohio State game. Ohio State, guys, got to get out of cover three, man. You're going to keep playing the same coverage Steve Sarkeesian's going to start moving his chess pieces around and start tearing you to shreds. And that's exactly what he did in the national championship game. Some interesting stats on Devontae Smith because I want to bring some fresh stuff to the table here. Uh, College football film room, courtesy of Sports Info Solutions. Uh, Profile on Devontae Smith. Performance on most commonly targeted routes. And we could get into why one of these is a a negative. Uh, Explosive routes, slants, goes, curls, and screens. Receptions versus catchable targets. We're going to go one by one. Explosive routes, 23 of 31. First and foremost, what is an explosive route? I'm glad you asked. Explosive routes as defined by College Football Film Room 
routes which produce 20-plus yards per reception on average, which would be goes, posts, corners, seams, deep crosses, and fades. 23 of 31 receptions versus catchable targets on those patterns all combined. That is a catch rate percentage that is 3% higher than your expected return on investment based on averages across college football. Slants, 14 of 15. Catch rate percentage, 22% greater than your expected return on that many catchable targets. Goes, 10 of 14 on go routes with catchable targets. That is plus 4% higher than your expected return on that number of targets. Curls, 16 of 16. Receptions versus catchable targets, 15% higher catch rate percentage than your expected return. Screens, 29 of 29, 7% higher. So each one of the most prevalent ways in which Alabama featured Devontae Smith, uh, he was better with his return in production on catchable targets uh, across the board. That's a huge plus for Devontae Smith. Uh, Pro Football Focus put together their draft guide and um, wanted to work through a couple different areas in which Devontae Smith ranked across college football. His slot receptions in 2020, 46 of his receptions came in the slot. That was 14th highest in the country. 863 yards from the slot. That's fifth highest in college football. You could take Devontae Smith's slot yardage out, and he would still have 997 receiving yards on the season without all of his production from the slot. Significant amount. Uh, Screen passes. He was first in the country in screen yards at 304. He was... Tied for fifth in the country in contested catches with 11. He was tied for 20th in the country in yards after catch per reception at 8.2. That is a very strong number. It's not Jalen Waddle who was 10.1, but it was still 8.2. His average depth of target. This is where it gets interesting and where you could peg this as potentially a fit for what the Dolphins did in 2020. 10.7 yards, which was tied for 223rd in the country. So that's not an impressive statistic, but it is a statistic that overlays with how the Dolphins played offense last year. So those are just some of the significant numbers pertaining to Devontae Smith's season in 2020, giving a little bit of context to how he could or could not fit with the Dolphins. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, NHL, and MLB are all in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds and is the best way to place your bets. Plus, it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, promo code 
locked on. So here's where I do think things get a little interesting when, when profiling Devontae Smith and his fit with the Dolphins. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about some of the red flags as far as things that could stand out and be warnings for Devontae Smith. Of course, we can start with the size. Weighed in at the pro day at 170 pounds after he elected not to weigh in at the senior bowl and it made some big to-do about his size and stature. He's not a big guy, no. But what is interesting, I saw this statistic. His height versus weight would make him the least dense wide receiver in the NFL in its entirety. I think it's an interesting statistic. I don't think it's a make or break, but it's worthwhile mentioning. We talk about Hollywood Brown and Deshaun Jackson and those guys, but it's worthwhile mentioning Deshaun Jackson coming through the NFL combine was 5'10", 169, and ran a 4.35 in the 40-yard dash. Okay? Reasonable enough. Marquise Brown did not run at the combine, but he weighed in at 5'9 and 3 8 166 pounds, and his 40 time, what was credited to him, was a 4-3-3. From all accounts, Devontae Smith does not run 4-3. His size, he is 6'1", 170 pounds, making him less dense because of his height than either one of those two players. And Devontae Smith, Daniel Jeremiah, my sources at Alabama, this is from the summertime, my sources at Alabama expect Smith to run the 40-yard dash in the low 4.5s with the potential to sneak into the high 4.4s. It's plenty fast, but it is a differentiator level of fast versus 4.3.2 and 4.3.5. And I think what's interesting is Smith took the extra time and he bulked to 170, presumably, and he didn't test. He didn't run. Now, he looked plenty good running a couple of routes that he impromptu decided to run, and I'm glad he did because then my concern would be, well, gee whiz, like if he bulks to 170 and he doesn't run, what does that tell you about his ability to play at that weight? I think he's fine on that front, but it's, it is an anomaly that you're going to bet with a top six pick on the least dense wide receiver in the entire NFL. That, you know, you're kind of betting on an exception to the rule there, which is a risky way of doing business. It works at times, but it is a risky way of doing business. Something else of interest to me with Devontae Smith and looking at the pro football focus a draft guide, which has the heat maps. We talked about this with Jalen Waddell. We talked about this uh, with Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase and, and where they get their targets, right? All routes run and all targets for Devontae Smith. Almost nothing inside of zero to five yards down the field. A lot of things taking place uh, outside the numbers to the left side of the field. A lot of touch passes, right? That little jet motion with the touch. Get him the ball quick. Let him run around the edge. But there's nothing, and I mean nothing, to the numbers 
to the right side of the field. He was almost never targeted and almost never ran routes on the right side of the field, so much so that it it's completely blue. Numbers. Doesn't matter what depth. You take the numbers to the right sideline on the right side of the field, and you run it all the way up the field to 40-plus yards. It's The entire thing is blue. So we don't get production on both sides of the field. And the other thing from the Pro Football Focus Guide that is of interest to me is the screen yards, 304. He caught 35 passes for 304 yards, both of which were first in the country in 2020. But you can add, Devontae Smith had the third highest returning yards from screens of any player in the country from 2019. He had 254. So he has 558 receiving yards, or almost 20% of his production over the last two seasons, which is 3,000 yards, came from screen passes. You think about the Alabama offense, how many things are engineered and manufactured, and he's the first progression read, and Mac Jones is incredible in the first progression read, and Devontae's almost always the first progression in the concept. A lot of quick throws, a lot of RPOs. So if you want to replicate the Alabama offense in its entirety, then great. Devontae Smith is a natural fit. But if you weren't going to hire Steve Sarkeesian, and I'm sorry, but no matter what the Dolphins did, they were never going to beat a head coaching offer from the University of Texas. They were never going to do it. It's impossible to beat that offer for a coach like Sarkeesian, who's been a head coach at the college level elsewhere. He's been an NFL offensive play caller. They had issues in the red zone. He goes back to Alabama. He creates a juggernaut. Also think it's worthwhile discussing that Devontae Smith's breakout season, I know breakout age is a big point of emphasis uh, for a lot of analytics-driven review of wide receivers, came in 2019 with Steve Sarkeesian. He went from 600 yards and change in 2018 in the Loxley offense to doubling that in 2019 when Sarkeesian showed up on site. He has 3,000 receiving yards in two years with Steve Sarkeesian as his, as his offensive coordinator. What will he look like without Sarkeesian? I think that that coaching dynamic is the biggest hang-up that I have with Devontae Smith and projecting Alabama players outside of the Alabama offense, especially because we saw what that transition looked like for Tua Tungvalo in year one. So you have a player who doesn't have a physical skill that he can hang his hat on because he's not elite speed. He's not elite size. He's the least dense player, wide receiver at his position in the entire NFL the moment he gets drafted. And that's after having bulked up to get there. His two years of elite production came with the best offensive play caller on the scene in college football. Just unbelievable the play design that Steve Sarkeesian was able to put together. And you try and extrapolate that and put that onto not having that play caller, not having the talent advantage that Alabama does, seeing so much of his production, 20% effectively, rooted in screen passes alone over the last two years. What does that transition look like, especially when you saw a quarterback who is masterful running the same offense get to the NFL, and suddenly there's a great deal of struggle? 
I don't want this to sound like I don't think Devontae Smith has a first-round resume. He unquestionably does. But I do think there's enough here that Devontae Smith has unanswered questions and because of the physical profile, the physical profile and concern is more of a complement to the concerns that I have versus the root of the concerns that I have. And I wish I had an easy answer for that, but I don't think there is an easy answer for that. So you have to ask yourself, okay, is the chemistry with Tua Tonga-Vailoa and the production that he has, how much are we going to skew our offense to what Alabama did, did with Steve Sarkeesian? And if the answer is yes, all of it, then okay, there's your case to draft Devontae Smith. But if the answer is we want to take bits and pieces of it and parts of it, then it's not the same. And I think that's where you you have to uh, have your warning flags up a little bit and just be aware. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And we have been pounding the table for Built Bar as a top of the first round protein bar for quite some time here on the Locked On Network. So whether you're looking for something that's a healthy snack, great way to start your day, something post-workout, or something delicious to eat, regardless, Built Bar checks all the boxes. So make sure you head over to BuiltBar.com and find out for yourself what all the fuss is about with the protein bar that's high in fiber, high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, incredibly delicious, and offers a slew of flavors for you to sample and try for yourself. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will save 15% on your next order of Built Bar. So head over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. This is the challenge with this line of work, and and this line of work being uh, NFL draft evaluation and coverage, is you have to be able to project a little bit and extrapolate a little bit. And if you look at what Devontae Smith is based on his time at the University of Alabama and expect to get the same thing, you better be able to replicate the exact same conditions. Not dissimilar to how I feel to a lesser degree about Mac Jones because I think Devontae Smith is much more polished as a player. I think he is a much more functional athlete for his position versus what Mac Jones is at the quarterback position. But any team who drafts Mac Jones in the first round at all is betting on themselves to replicate the entirety of the conditions at the University of Alabama. Coaching advantage, talent advantage. Same style of play. Same complementary players. Can can you realistically expect to be able to achieve that? I don't think the answer is yes. And to a lesser extent with Devontae Smith, if you're expecting the 1,800-yard version of Devontae Smith with 24 touchdowns in the NFL level, I got bad news for you. I don't think that player is ever going to exist at the NFL level. Can he still be extremely productive? Yes. Is he the right fit for the Dolphins? It depends on how much they're going to commit to replicating bits and pieces of the Alabama offense. It depends on how much his chemistry with Tua Tungvaloa matters to the team. And I think it also matters what the other teams in front of the Dolphins choose to do. You would assume, based on the Dolphins moving back up to six, that there's a strike zone of players that they feel comfortable with at a minimum. They probably have a preferred choice. But this decision to make this investment and get back up 
says, we don't want to miss the boat. And we feel like there's a realistic chance if we sit at 12, we'll miss the boat. So we're not trying to do that. So let's get back up. Let's make sure we're well positioned. The last thing, and this applies to both Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, and Jamar Chase. The last bit that I will leave you with is this. It's a very interesting study, courtesy of two uh, producers, employees of ESPN, uh, looking at from 2000 to 2016, quote-unquote bust rate or hit rate for each position in the first round of the NFL draft. These numbers were pulled by Paul Hembo and Vin Massey of ESPN. So 17 draft classes. Their determining factor for player success rate over those 17 drafts was whether or not that player signed a second contract with the team who drafted them in the first round. I'm going to read the positions in a specific order. Center. Offensive tackle. Linebacker. Offensive guard. Edge. Defensive end. Pass rusher. Whatever you want to call it. Quarterback. Running back. Safety. Tight end. Cornerback. Defensive tackle or interior defensive lineman. Wide receiver. That is the order of most to least frequent hit rate over a 17-draft sample size of getting players drafted by a certain team to sign that player to a second contract with the same team. Ergo, wide receivers, by a significant margin, no less, have the highest bust rate of any position in the first round of the NFL draft over a 17-year window. 27% of wide receivers drafted in the first round from 2000 to 2016 signed a second contract with their team. Defensive tackle is the next lowest rate, and it's 35%. Corner, 35%. Tight end, 39%. Safety, 39%. Running back, 40%. Quarterback, 42%. Edge, 45%. Guard, 46%. Linebacker, 55%. Offensive tackle, 60%. Center, 100%. There's a lot more context that goes into these things than simply looking at, did a player sign a second contract? But wide receiver, by an overwhelming margin, those players don't sign second contracts. And a lot of times, that's because of bust rate. So you take the historical hit rate slash bust rate of that position, and then you ask yourself, which players do you and do you not feel comfortable with? And I think that, interestingly enough, Jamar Chase, small sample size. A little bit rough around the edges as far as getting off press coverage. Jalen Waddle had the injury. Production concerns because he only played five games and four games healthy in 2020. Devontae Smith, the size profile, him being the primary read in an offense that coach circles around everybody else in the country and the quarterback never had to go beyond the first read. As the least dense receiver in the NFL, no less. With the bulk to get to 170. And he's going to run high four fours. 
at whatever his playing weight was. There's a compelling case against each of the three that you really have to trust your evaluation. And that's why I hope, for the Dolphins' sake, that they're all on the board. Because if they're all on the board, I trust Chris Greer, Marv Allen, Reggie McKenzie, Brian Flores. I trust this brain's trust, no pun intended, to get it right. But if you are picking after others and you find yourself pigeonholed for need, slippery slope. Now, if the Dolphins conduct their evaluation and Devontae Smith is the number one receiver on their board and he just so happens to be available and the other guys get picked, then great, more power to you. Then we can come out and we can throw a parade. But it's just something to keep in the back of your mind. We, we look at these guys as all slam dunks. And they're all very good talents. And a lot of times, players who bust... They bust because of extenuating circumstances, whether that's injuries or coaching and situation, or they get ruined mentally by bad environments. The Dolphins are going to have a good environment. We want to feel that way. We should feel that way based off of their progression and advancement in 2020 from 2019. They're going to have good coaching. We can't control injuries. But anybody who gets drafted this high, regardless, they're physically talented. Do you reach sometimes on traits? Yes. Do you fail to project guys accurately based on their environments they played in in college? Yes. But they're all talented players. So for the Dolphins, I I hope they have the opportunity to get their pick of the litter because it will give me the most highest level of confidence that they made the right choice because they got the guy who's tailor-made for the environment that they're building the style of play that they want to play, and they can go from there. We're going to go from here into power to the pod tomorrow. Hope you guys enjoyed this breakdown on Devontae Smith and profiling the pros and cons of his environment and his projection to the NFL and projecting it into the Miami Dolphins offense. And then on Wednesday, we'll talk Penny Sewell. We'll do the same exact thing that we're talking about now, specifically about the player and how it fits the pieces of the puzzle here. Kyle Krabs, keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Thanks, as always, for listening. Fins up. Hope to talk to you guys again tomorrow. Make sure you drop your questions, hot takes, feedback, whatever. Five-star reviews of the show. They get read. Tweets. Locked On Fins with a PH. Lots to look forward to this week, so hit subscribe, follow along. Thanks, as always, for listening. Hope to talk to you guys again soon.